Hello, legends. Welcome to today's show. Catching up with Cub, as always, is brought to you by Cub, the Club United Business, Australia's number one members club, connecting our country's top entrepreneurs and business leaders. And today, we're doing just that. We're catching up with Fred Shabesta, the co-founder of Finder.com and author of new book, Go Live. Fred tells us his story of building a global empire worth half a billion dollars. Uh, we discuss cryptocurrency and his passion for it and, and the future of it. And his real message in this episode is find ways to be remarkable, find ways to be remembered, and that will open up new opportunities. He's an incredibly fascinating guy. I always love speaking to him. Enjoy the show. Mr. Fred Shabesta, welcome back, my friend. Thanks for having me. I just said it to you before, but you are the only person that's ever come back for a second episode or ever been invited back, I might say, because I think everyone else sure. wants to come back. <laughs> well, I think hopefully, I, hopefully I've hopefully i added some value to everyone who's listening and thank you for having me back. It's an honor. It's lots of love. Lots of love to everyone who's listening. This is a great podcast and there's some incredible crew right here as well, filming and recording this as well. A lot of work going into this, so thank you. Thank you, my friend. Well, it's only as good as our incredible guests, and you are the man. And I cert- I certainly got value from the last episode. So if any listeners haven't listened to it, go back and check it out. But this time, we're going to catch up because a lot of shit has happened in the meantime. You've, uh, I've read a whole bunch of things. You, you, you're now the. Um, uh, I read that Finder uh, is now a, or somewhat of a global empire and, and is worth almost half a billion dollars. Um, I know you just bought a great new pad for yourself right on the water in, in, in Coogee, is it? That's the Crypto Castle. The Crypto, is that what you've called it? Yeah. <laughs> the Crypto Castle. And actually, that's what I wanted to speak to you about too, because last time you weren't heavily uh, invested, I guess, into crypto. At least we didn't speak about it. Whereas I know now uh, that you are, you've actually sold a business in crypto um, and you've uh, made some serious cash uh, cash money in the space. And, and I mean, I speak from someone who knows absolutely nothing about crypto um, and probably as many of the public uh, uh, are in the same position, I think it'd probably be good if we actually speak about crypto and mm-hmm. your thoughts on it, what is it mm-hmm. and, and how you see it going to the future. Um, but the other thing you've done is you've launched a kick-ass new book, which um, I'm so happy you brought for me today, Go Live, 10 Principles to Launch a Global Empire. I mean, I've, um, uh, I know from um, – our social and talking that uh, you've been breaking a few records with the book. And I really, I just wanted to talk today about the book and talk about the principles uh, that you've had to building an empire, which I know uh, other lessons that, um, that you've uh, acquired along the way. So why don't we, why don't we actually, why don't you choose? Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with crypto or do you want to start with talking about the book? Um, crypto is hot right now. I let's do it. Crypto. Let's jump in. Yeah. Take me. So well, let's, let's talk about the, what behind the scenes action so just before we started, Daniel bought his first Bitcoin on the Finder app. That's true. How was that experience? Tell, tell, like how, maybe you could describe that for everyone. What's, what happened? Well, like all um, first experiences, uh, uh, losing your crypto virginity was a little bit nerve-wracking. I was, <laughs> I was looking at the app. I was like, what do I press? But, but um, Fred was like, mate, just, just buy 50, buy $100. Just buy some, buy some um, crypto. And I have to say, I was, uh, you know, I was a little uncomfortable. I was like, oh, what do I do? But the Finder app was very easy. I didn't actually know you can buy crypto on the Finder app. Um, and uh, the Finder app made my first experience a really comforting, <laughs> really comforting uh, experience. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Yeah. No, I think. You better transfer me those cryptos. Though. Well, you know. I know it was your money I used, yeah. but still I did it. My money. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's coming. Let's start with how invested you are in crypto and where you see crypto going. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I, this is like the financial future. This is happening right now. The new financial system is starting and this is, this, this is it. This is, let, let's, let's give context. Okay. So, um, you know, in May, Bitcoin was trading at $64,000. It dropped down to around 28,000 within say two weeks. Right. So, and it basically almost a trillion dollars of value got removed from a financial market. That's a big move. Now, in any other financial system, if we go back to like, you know, 2008, we'll go back to um, that moment in time. When that happened, the government had to put its hand in the pocket, hand it, reboot the system and get it going again. 
Whereas in crypto, no one got any handouts. There was no rebooting of the system. The system carried on. The system is carrying on. Bitcoin's back at 48,000 US dollars. The whole economy is booming in crypto. There's new products that have started to come out. Like um, we've got a new one coming out with Finder. It's where you'd be able to earn 4% on your money. You just literally deposit your money in, you earn 4% interest. It compounds daily. Um, that's that's obviously a remarkable product. It's only possible because of cryptocurrency. This new financial system is here. It's It's like on our doorstep and COVID has dramatically sped this up because everyone's sitting around used to digital money and they're like, what's the difference in digital money? I never touch anymore. Like who touches, like touching cash and like versus digital money, they don't feel any difference anymore. And this whole thing has sped this thing up and this new financial system is here right now. It's resilient. It just took a massive dive. Remember Bitcoin was at $20,000 before that. It pulled all the way back. It's double that value now, right now. But do you think that like uh, obviously – uh, Bitcoin or, or, or crypto, whatever it was, had that massive drop. Uh, yes, if there was that drop in the traditional financial system, governments would have to jump in and help out. But do you think they didn't have to with crypto because crypto isn't yet being used as the primary, I guess, financial, um, like it, it's not it's not used as money in scale at the moment. So for, for example, if I lose my crypto, I still have my real money. The government doesn't need to help me. Well, you have your fake money that the government has decreed to be worth something, but yeah. it, um, yeah. it doesn't actually- But it works. <laughs> it works like day to day, but your currency is inflating away every single day and you're losing like 2% of your money every year and there's nothing really you can do about that. And all the printing that's currently gone on, that's being stolen from you. And this has been happening, Just let's just go back in time. This happened in the Romans. So in the Romans time, it's called seigniorage. It's a French word actually. And back in the Romans- um, when gold started out, so that one gold Roman coin was all gold. At the end of the Roman Empire, 2% of the gold coins was actually gold. It was continuously stolen from the people and used for, to fight wars, to spend, you know, and do all sorts of things, right? Whereas that, that can't happen in crypto. It doesn't, there's no such thing as double spending. That whole problem got fixed. And so- in, let's talk about actually using Bitcoin. So El Salvador is about to go live next week with um, Bitcoin being a currency that must be accepted by shops and owners. It's It's gone through their parliament. The, the president's standing by it. It's about to go live. That's about to happen right now. Um, you can also use a stable coin. You can also use a crypto um, debit card where you can just pay with anything like a visa. Um, you, you can just literally like, this is what it looks like. That's That's a crypto card. That's that's literally uh, that, that's that's so a crypto card. This is Visa's crypto card. Yeah, you can literally just tap like anything. It's and a you cool just, logo too. Yeah, you just tap and you can use anything. Like so, all of those things uh, have been sorted now. Like that's all that's all coming, and we're sitting on the precipice of right now where people are going to go and um, move a lot of money um, into cryptocurrency and. Obviously, there's the fluctuations of um, Bitcoin, but Bitcoin is like just one of the gateway coins that started the whole movement, and it's the biggest brand. Think of it like the Google or the, you know, buying Microsoft stock. It's just a blue chip. It's not. It's not actually seen as that risky. Anymore. It's kind of the yeah the biggest brand, the first to market. That's what people associate that with. It's kind of like people would associate renting holiday homes with Airbnb. Right. They associate Bitcoin. Uh, sorry, uh, crypto with Bitcoin. Right. And, 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 and so what's happening now is there's all these stable coins that are coming out. A stable coin is a one-to-one peg. So it's a representation of Australian dollars or US dollars or pounds, Canadian dollars, doesn't matter what it is. And it, it functions just the same way. We can send the money to each other. It happens almost instantaneously and it can happen 24 hours, seven days a week. You don't need a bank, no government system, no corporate enterprise is in the way. It is just on the blockchain, everyone can publicly see it. It's fully functioning. And this is happening, like just to give you context, there are about, a, would say roughly maybe $80 billion of stable coins currently in the crypto market. Now there is about um, the, uh, the money supply, I think of, of America's, I think it's about 1.4, it could be 1.4 or 1.14 trillion dollars, right? So it's on its way, it's not there yet. But as we adopt more and more of this, I can't see this going backwards. 
I only see it exponentially growing. And so if that's the case, what why is it growing? What are the benefits of you what are the benefits of crypto as opposed to um money? Because I mean, I, I hear what you're saying in terms of um the Romans, uh, I can't remember what the actual term is, but- Seigniorage. Yeah, they're unhooked basically. Money wasn't linked directly to gold. Yep. The Americans did that. I think it was In the President Reagan that, yep. that, that, that did it. And, and and actually throughout history, there is um, uh, there are lessons to be learned that when you do unhook money from um, gold or, or any sort of real substance, mm-hmm. uh, real substance of value that an economy falls, like mm-hmm. a nation tumbles or economy falls. But can't you just- isn't crypto just like a, something you can make more of anyway? Couldn't you just make more crypto? Yeah, you can. And you can try. And lots of people have tried to make fake copies of Bitcoin, but they failed. It's 11 years old now. Um, it continues. Like people have we've been through that and it didn't work. And Otherwise, so, Bitcoin would have failed and it's not failed. And so tell me then, so why is crypto better than currency? Well, it's real time. It's 24-7. Um, you have your money, not a bank. Not a government. So right now, let's- That's give, a big advantage. Massive. So imagine if you, um, you're in Venezuela right now and you couldn't get your money out of the country. And if you tried to, you know, um, the, the banks and organizations would, there's only three routes out currently. In, in those routes, they'll charge you between 40 to 50% to try and get your money out. Um, the inflation rate in um, Argentina is currently 50%. The inflation rate in Turkey is uh, heading towards the 20, 25% range. That means that anything you own, if you, your money, your, well, I, your cash is less valuable. Yeah. So I think the word, and I just want to tra- change the word, there's a difference between money and currency. Currency is a representation of value. Money is actually hard money. And I contend to you, Bitcoin is hard money. It's, okay. it's digital gold. And so basically, I mean, and, and maybe the first world countries aren't noticing the importance of having control of your own money as of yet, because we haven't experienced this hyperinflation currently and, and governments aren't trapping us. But if you look at countries like, well, like what you're saying, but even like Lebanon, for example, mm. I don't know much about Lebanon, but I do know that no, that, that the government is not letting any money out or inside of Lebanon. People yeah. can't go to their bank to, to withdraw any money. And in situations like that, well, fuck, crypto would be way better. I've got my money, no one can touch it, and I can I can move it or use it as I wish. So it, yep. it gives you more f- financial freedom, but you know what I mean by financial freedom, that you have control of your finance. 100%. That's the first benefit. I think the second one is that um, you can earn like um, money with it as well. It's, a, it's an investment, right? So you can go and deploy it in um, and earn um, interest. You can earn um, other coins with it. You can lend your coins to people. You can use it for other um, uh, things like, uh, so now you can buy a lot of art, obviously with it. Um, so so the, uh, let me give another another thing. And this is the this is the hottest of hot in crypto right now. Like this is the white, white, white hot. Like as in, you know, like it's the iPhone of crypto right now. So what's happening is there's this thing called play to earn. Play to earn. What does that mean? So you play a game. And you earn real money, like cryptocurrency, which is real money, not not government decreed money. So this this, this crypto you earn, right? Um, there are, I'd say, hundreds of thousands of uh, people around the world that are very dis- they're disadvantaged, and they're earning, let's call it twelve to twenty five dollars a day. That's an incredible amount of money um, for people living in in these environments, and there are countless photos of people who now, you know, little kids who now have like toilet paper, um, um, milk, um, you know, cans of food. And you see these photos and they are like heart wrenching, but they, they've got food and and they're able to literally play this game, earn money. And for them um, it's changing the world and it's feeding these people. And the Philippines um, particularly, it's, this is massive in the Philippines. Um, But how does it work? So you play the game, and by playing the game and winning against other opponents, you get paid this coin, which is um, called SLP. Um, if now, you lose, do you have to pay them? No, no. So um, it's a win-win. Yeah, but to get in the game, you have to buy the characters and the characters cost a lot of money. So what's happening is there are guilds forming up and these guilds are lending out their characters to people who have a lot of time and they are, they are taking making an income from that. 
So they're renting out the car- the assets that they've purchased. Right. It's a, a rental model. Right. And it's an economy, right, that started to build because these assets can breed and they can actually create new assets. So I'll give you another example. There's a really um, a really successful horse racing game going on right now, digital horse racing game called Zed Run. It's actually an Australian company. Great guys. Amazing guys. Like super just resilient, been in the like all sorts of industries, tried stuff, lots of startups, haven't didn't quite make it, cracked it with this one. And this thing is blowing up. Good on them. It's great. Um and um a lot of lot of actually Australians are in this space, which is which is really really exciting and I think it's amazing. And obviously with these new laws, I'm currently um I gave my testimony to the Senate committee uh and the Parliament the other day. Uh and you can read about that obviously. It's all a Hansard record. It was recorded. Um, and I think this is where the, the future of Australia is going. I think there's going to be a huge boom. I think we could be the crypto bank of the world. I think we're extremely resilient. I think we have a great economy and we're able to handle that and people trust us on the on the planet. And that would enable us to be at the forefront and create, a, like I'm talking tens of thousands of jobs will be created within Australia um, from from this movement into cryptocurrency. And we're, we're actually poised to move and be on the, on the cutting edge of this. And I just think it's just the most incredible you know, I think it's one of the biggest revolutions and, and we're actually really well poised. There's some great Australian crypto companies right here. Well, you're making me feel very good about myself because I actually just invested into a member's business, uh, which is a crypto platform. And he's so passionate about it. He's so convinced about it. He's a very smart guy. He's one of our youngest members, actually. I didn't know shit about crypto, like I said before, but I backed him as a person. I thought he, if someone can find it, you know, this guy's going to be able to find it. And and he's explained to me how fast crypto is growing. I mean, um, I was very unsure about my investment, but uh, you're making me feel really good about it now. So, so thank you for that. But And uh, just back to the play to earn. Play to earn, that's a concept. So there's a lot of games that you can do that with or is play to earn the game? This is brand new. There, are, there have been some games. You know, Gods Unchained was an Australian company as well. Great guys. Um Animoca Brands used to be a um, Australian ASX listed company. Um, they're still an Australian company technically. Um, they're now they actually kicked off the ASX of being a crypto company, um, and now they're worth three to five billion dollars. Wow! They just just I, I, it's, it was it was unfortunate for the ASX. It's hard to you know they're, they're trying to change as well, and you know full credit to them. But yeah, probably a tough decision. They're probably slightly regretting now. Um, they build games. They've built Sandbox. It's like the hotmail of the internet just came out. There's an actual easy use case and it's going to make crypto go a whole new level. Now we've got a third reason to get involved. It's not just about speculating on Bitcoin. There's a whole new reason. And what, what is this third reason? The third reason is- um, Gaming. Ability- okay, gaming. But, but before the th- okay, before gaming- you briefly mentioned the interest rates. And I know crypto has some huge interest rate. You've got the ability to earn some ridiculous interest rates. Um, um, so talk to us about the opportunities to, to make money through crypto and what they are. Yeah, so obviously you can, you can speculate on coins. That's, you know, obviously this is not financial advice, but- um, no, no, none, Nothing we're saying now, we're telling you what to do. We're just giving, sharing our opinions. Yes. Yeah. Um, so you can speculate on coins and, you know, that, that is obviously one way to do it. I would just, like we have a function in the Finder app. It's a recurring buy, buy 50 bucks, buy a hundred bucks a week. Don't think about the price, just turn it on, leave it, let it run. And you'll just keep acquiring and you'll be really happy because that's, it's a deflationary coin. It's going to go up in value over time. That's not financial advice, but that's, yeah. if you look back in time, that's what Bitcoin's done. And you can do that on the Finder app. You can. And so it's a, it's a simple little function. It's, it's nice. And that's one way to look at it, right? So the second one is you take those coins or you take your your, your fiat currency and you can actually convert that into crypto um, and earn, yeah, you know, two, three, four, five, six, 10, 20, 50% interest. Um, and sounds how? insane. Yeah, it does. Um, it sounds unbelievable. And I think that's part of the problem. And that's great in a way, because obviously the people who are first in are earning those, but in, and obviously over time it'll, you know, those rates will get challenged. Um, What's interesting, they're holding up, but because people are, you know, they just, they find it high risk, it's, which is understandable. It's the unknown. It's unknown, all those kind of things. The challenge I have with that, what is, um, you know, buying stuff on the internet was unknown. You know, putting your credit card in was unknown. Turning on your electricity in your house was seen as the devil in the wall. 
catching a lift used to be extremely dangerous, extraordinarily dangerous. And you know, it wasn't until Mr. Otis came along and put some brakes in, then everyone felt a little better. But, you know, and there were good reasons for that, right? Like electricity used to set fire to houses because, you know, obviously there was DC as opposed to the AC situation and the the alternating current. And that actually caused a lot of fires, you know, and um, unfortunately Mr. Edison was, you know- he- Edison won that battle over Tesla, didn't he? Because he was backed by Morgan. Yeah, but I think, you know, Westinghouse actually was the one who- Backed um, Tesla. Yeah, he backed Tesla, but he, were, he, he left- Tesla left Edison and went to, but that's because they disagreed over the AC-DC. But the thing is- So what do we use now though? AC or DC? AC, AC, we DC. use AC. So we use yeah. alternating currents yeah. and that's safer. But it's the same thing with crypto, right? It was, it's just, this is going to happen. It's happening. It's getting safer. It's going to get easier. Obviously that's why, you know, I'm attaching Finder with that, this whole revolution and going towards it. You can mark this podcast, the date, what it, you're hearing it now. This is happening now. This is the moment. If you're listening right now, this is when it's happening. It is, you know, there are very interesting papers being written by the parliament right now. There are very interesting papers being written about banks and what's potentially going to happen to their deposits. There are very interesting ramifications that people are starting to go, wait, this is actually going to change stuff quite dramatically. And it could happen extraordinarily fast. Like you saw how fast you, you know, you could buy Bitcoin there. Imagine how fast you can do all sorts of Or how things. fast the internet came. Right. Yeah, it's another revolution, but a financial revolution is is a is a big deal. Right. And we're talking trillions of dollars already. That's how big the market cap of, of crypto is. It's not like it's just this is not like, you know, some little experiment with, you know, people hanging out. This is a major twenty four seven um, you know, and 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 as I said, COVID kind of sped it up. It brought it forward five years. If it wasn't for COVID, it probably would have taken a lot longer. But everyone was sitting at home. They had time. They, they've and they of, needed to make money. They needed to make money. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and I think a lot of people have made a lot of money through crypto throughout COVID. And I celebrate that. And I think it's great. And I think sharing that with other people and, you know, giving back right now is needed. And I think a lot of people are hurting. I, I feel a feel for people right now. I feel empathy for people who just can't do and they can't pivot to those things that you know, that could help them. And, and, and that's, I'm just, I just feel there's a lot of pain going on right now, a lot of pain. And, and um, you know, things like this do speed up new technology and speed up new opportunities, kind of like in 2008 when, when, you know, people had no money, they needed extra money and Airbnb came and gave them a way to make money through their, through their, you know, spare bedroom or through their office or whatever it was. In a time, in this time when people are struggling, uh, they're looking for new ways to make money. They're looking for new opportunities, and crypto is there. And, and it's a, it's obviously largely unregulated um, because governments aren't intertwined with it as of yet. Uh, they're trying, but not as of yet. And and that creates opportunities, like any industry that's unregulated, creates lots of opportunities for um, lots of new opportunities. Yeah, the stock market used to be unregulated, and it was wild. <laughs> yeah, that wild. That would have been the real wild west. Well, it wasn't that long ago. There were bucket shops next to the exchange and someone would sit by the tape and just read out the numbers and people would just, you know, essentially invest based on that. It was just a wild west. And then that, that's not actually, it's genuinely not that long ago, um, which is really fascinating, right? It only started to clamp down probably within the last, I'd say 50 years has really started to, it's pretty tight now, but back then it was wild. And so you made a fair bit of money through, crypto is that so is that why you called the new house the crypto castle because it was it was crypto money that you that you made through crypto to buy the house no um finder is obviously very successful aligned and yeah it's a it's a it's 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 got a lot of crypto investments and so finder itself i think has done quite well through cryptocurrency um and it's a very um it's aligned to that which is really cool um, and has done well <clears throat> because of that. And, and we, we started investing in cryptocurrency, um, you know, in 2017. I'm not like some person who bought Bitcoin back in 2012 for like two cents and then held on to it or whatever. You know, that's not my story. I, I, got, I came in in 2017, we started writing about it, you know, and, and, and that's sort of really grown globally for us. Yeah, it's a great it's a great business for us. And are you a leader in the Bitcoin space? Sorry, in the crypto space. See, that's how good the brand is. You just don't even say crypto; you say Bitcoin all the time. But Finder is really in your market. Is it a leader in that space? A hundred percent. I think you know a lot of people don't. You know, we get paid in cryptocurrency. Twenty five percent of our 
um, crew are allowed to basically get paid their salary into by you know twenty five percent of their salary essentially in Bitcoin. Encrypt in Bitcoin. Yeah, that's wow. that's that's perfectly fine. We don't mind. Or Ethereum, that's up to them. It's their choice. We're not in, we're not really that excited about selling our cryptocurrency right now. Um, in fact, you know, my prediction would be twenty twenty three. I think Bitcoin would be worth two hundred fifty thousand US dollars. And what's it worth now? It's about forty eight thousand US. Okay. Okay. Well, not financial advice, but opinion of someone in a thought leader in the just, space. Just, just my, just on the mathematics, purely on the supply and demand equation, there's only twenty one million in Bitcoin that will ever be made, and there is just more people that want it. And mm. you either got it or you don't, and that creates a supply and demand equation, and there's not enough supply. And so, how do you actually go buy Bitcoin? Can well, you do that through the Finder app? Or yeah, not? of you course. Can. Yeah, which you did just before. Is that what I just bought? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Making sure. Yeah. I want the good stuff. You know. <laughs> that is the good stuff. Yeah, good. yeah. And and um, just quickly, are there crypto managed funds? Like there are. Like I can, you know, if I wanted to put money with a funds manager to to. Uh, produce income over a good time. Can I do that with crypto with someone that actually knows the space? Because a lot of the problem with like, for example, me, I could put money in it, but I have no idea what, where it is, what it is and how it looks and how it works. But if there was a fund manager, like a crypto fund manager. There are, they've got a lot of challenges with regulation, um, but let's just say there are, and you need to be a wholesale investor currently. Um, Let me just put it this way. If you buy Bitcoin right now, essentially you're buying almost wherever Bitcoin goes tends to be where the market goes. You can buy other coins, um, but that's just a nice, easy way to get exposure. It's about 50 to 55% market share is, is Bitcoin. That's how big it is mm. in a $2 trillion market. Like that's, that's so you're kind of buying the index by doing that. Everything tends to follow a little bit. There is a lot of alpha that exists outside that. And there, yes, there are fund managers. They... As I said, they have a lot of regulation challenges right now. That's just, that's the, that's what's currently happening. Having said that, one of the the spirits of crypto is that you hold your crypto, that you hold your you have direct exposure, and so that I, I would just encourage you to, or anyone listening, to just at least get a little bit so that you feel it, understand it. You can put a hundred bucks in. You can buy ten dollars. Yeah, it's just worth understanding it, being being having some sort of experience for it. even if you don't believe it. Well, that it's gonna you know, come and happen, well, you, you may as well just at least have a toe in the water just, to, just in case, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing to lose from doing that. 100%. Um, well, look, let's, let's wrap up with the Bitcoin there. So, I mean, what I really wanted to get was your perspective on it. And I feel like we've accomplished that. We, we have a, a, an understanding of, um, of how, I guess, yeah, what you think is going to happen in that space. Um, but it is a very large topic and I'm, I really want to speak about Go Live, your new book. Mm. Um, uh, tell us the story of how that happened and why you did it. You know, over time I, I've, I've tried to share my knowledge as best I possibly can and I think there were just a lot of people that, you know, I would do talks and I would do podcasts and I would just share what I've learned through that and I've just experienced a few things. You know, I've set up a business in the US and the UK um, Canada, Poland, Manila, like in the Philippines, um, I've, I've made a lot of mistakes, like a lot. And I've failed a lot as well. So that's all part of, you know, that's in the book as well. But from those mistakes and those learnings, I, I sort of took to that and said, okay, what did I learn from that? And I tried to sort of start to write this down. Um, and I think this is what really these principle, principles, and they're kind of like the – shortened version of these stories and the knowledge that I gained and what the takeaway is. And a lot of them I use basically my day-to-day operation. That's how I think about the world. It's how I make decisions um, when I'm starting something, doing something, you know, I'm really, obviously we just talked about this in the play to earn space. I'm really leveraging into that. It's a brand new space. I've, I've been awake probably till 11, 12, even one o'clock in the morning for the last, I'd say eight days straight um, learning about this, I get into these patterns. It happens, and I'm unbelievably excited about what it is. And I just, it just dawned upon me, what is the next thing? And I think this is the next thing. And so the book, you've put down your ten principles. I like what you said. You said these. Are, it's kind of how I see the world, how I live my life. And I just want to read out a couple of the principles because you've literally written it. I, I'm certain how you see the world. Uh, principle six is be remarkable, and um, seven is never stop learning. 
and eight is my favorite. If it's not on the internet, it doesn't exist. Yeah. That's a great principle. But, but I guess of the 10, which are, would you say are the most fundamental to the way um, you look at business? Oh, actually, sorry. Let's talk, go back to how, how you got into the book, why you did and how, what that process was. And then we'll go into the steps. Yeah. So really, I think we took a lot of collection of um, all the different uh, you know, experiences I've had, the podcasts I've written. We sat for, uh, during the first um, lockdown in COVID, um, just hours and hours on Zoom calls, people asking me questions and I would just riff on answers about how I see the world. And we kind of collated that all together and realized that there were just these principles every single, like they all, they came out every time. There's like, oh, that's the same as that. That's the same as that. And then we sort of just jotted down these things. We noticed, wow, they're, they're, they're very similar. Um, and, and I realized, you know, I live a relatively principle-based life. I, I, I make, I do things based on, I guess the kind of heuristics, you know, like if in this situation go towards here, you know, if you're starting something new, um, go and say yes to lots of things and manufacture serendipity. That's one of the principles. Um, I love serendipity. I don't know what serendipity is. Serendipity is like, let's say you're wandering along in the world and out of like, you know, it's like out of nowhere, you met the person that you ultimately always wanted to meet or you were, um, you know, you know, like when they talk about these stories about two people somehow met, like Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett both lived in Omaha. What's the chance of that? And like Charlie Munger worked at Warren Buffett's grandfather's shop. And then they went on to be, you know, one of the most successful. So, so it's kind of like everything happens for a reason or, or you can always find what you're looking for. Like, 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 like people call it luck. Yeah. You know, serendipity. I was serendipitously here and suddenly it just. A million dollars fell into my lap. Yeah, like I met that person that I always wanted to meet. And I can't believe that happened because normally you would think it's a straight line, but it's not. The world's not a straight yeah, line. See, I need more serendipity in my life, it turns out. <laughs> yeah, and so I talk about how do you manufacture that? And that's something I try and do. I try and create those circumstances, create those instances. And the way to do that is to say yes a lot. It's like, <clears throat> you know, let's go and meet this person. I'm not sure who that person is. All right, just go and do it. Yes, I'll turn up, we'll meet the person, see what happens, coin in. And then from that, they're like, oh, you're interested in this? Well, my brother does this. You're like, really? Your brother? That's the person I've always wanted to meet. You're like, no way. And that, those, you know, the seven degrees of separation. It's kind of like um, it, take every opportunity that comes your way and every action creates a reaction or a new opportunity that you can then take again. Yeah. I think you're putting the energy out there. Um, I'll give you an example. So, I went to HP, their actual office in um, Silicon Valley, and I went to the you know Hewlett and Packard's actual desks, and they had these desks that had two different offices, and they've got this all. They've kept it as it is, and then behind it is this mega complex of H of Hewlett Packard. You know, like just huge. Imagine like a mega structure attached to this tiny little garage, and that's where they began, and, and it's 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 beautiful. You know, in that sense. But one of the things they, they talked about is in Hewlett Packard, like how do they invent the inkjet printer? So what actually happened was um, they were sitting there uh, and two engineers, um, one was from like uh, the, the chemicals area in, in, in Hewlett and Packard and one was from like an engineering technology and they were talking about the problem. They were like, and they came to the water cooler genuinely and they, when they poured the water, they said, that's really fascinating how the water drips out in exactly beautiful drips. And I wonder if there's a way you could actually, instead of like, you know, because printing used to be like all tapes. Instead, how could you shoot the, the actual ink out and inject it onto the paper? And they were like, hey, this is it. And these two people serendipitously met each other at this water cooler, went on, and then they went and made the, the inventor the inject printer. Um, obviously, there were several other conversations to go from there. But, you know, this is just the beginning, this, this serendipitous meeting of two people, right? And this happens all the time in, I think, in the world and the universe. Um, and right now I'm really open to new ideas, exploring them, getting involved, and I'm extremely open to the world. I'm in this phase of creativity, which I know it sounds unusual. Um, you know, obviously I create, have created a few things, but I'm actually really open to that right now. And so I'm trying to manufacture a lot of serendipity. I also think that, well, I mean, first of all, you're the head of Finders Innovation, um, not department, but whatever sector of the business, isn't it? 
Yeah. Uh, of course, being the co- the co- a co-founder as well, but but that that your I mean your your role is almost to be creative, and I've always um I've always thought of th- there's kind of two types of business owners. Now, there's two types of entrepreneurs. There's the creative, which I actually put myself in that bucket as well because I'm relatively useless at most other things, but I think good. And then there's the I don't know the the operational people there's the i don't know how you describe them because creative and operations probably not the right contrast but they're more so implementing and doing and and, you know action orientated and i think with the creatives like with myself a lot of it is to do with putting myself in a good headspace Mm -hmm. if i'm happy i'm in a good headspace i like i you know i control my surroundings i like what's around me i like the people i'm on a holiday or i'm whatever i am I'm in a good headspace, my brain works mm. best. I come up with the best shit. Mm. And I think a lot of creatives are, are similar to that. I watched a documentary about Jimmy Iovine and, and Dr. Dre mm. and how they built beats. And it was about their whole life, but how they came together. Um, somewhat serendipitous. <laughs> can't even say it. <laughs> somewhat serendipitously. Yeah. yeah. Getting there. Fuck. Well, at least, you know, no one's going to listen to anything I say now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they got there. Um, you had Dre, who was kind of this creative, and Jimmy Iovine, who was really the the doer and the, the the maker. He actually did the actions. And Dr. Dre actually says it in in one point of the podcast, or maybe it's his wife says it. She says he, a lot of his life is just about keeping himself in the right frame of mind and being happy. And 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 when he does that, he's able to create beautiful things and be- beautiful music. In that case. And, um, and and I related to that. I was like, that is definitely me. If I'm in a bad frame of mind, my, my strength, which is the thinking, stops. Yeah, Are you the same? I think definitely. I think it's a, a major factor. It's not easy to do. I tend to just move. I get up, stand up, move a bit, get my body moving, get some, get the heart rate moving, just, just move a bit. You know, I, I go for a run uh, or a walk. I take my new son for a little walk. Congratulations! Um, thank you. This morning we we played we shot a few hoops on the on the ring at the at the crypto castle, um just to, just to get up, just get some energy. But even the fact that you have a crypto castle, and um, you know, of of course, not everyone can 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 buy a, a waterfront mansion in Gucci, but but everyone can make their surroundings or their home, um, you know, more positive, mm. nicer. Everyone can improve their surroundings, and, and even the fact that you like me, for example, I love having, be- I love being in beautiful places. I mm. made my apartment beautiful because it makes me feel good, and mm. when I feel good, I can produce more, which then results in more beautiful things. Yeah, you know, it's just about where you start, and I, I even think that in itself is is you building a, 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 an environment of which allows you to produce um, the best results, mm. your brain to work the best, and and people need to see, okay, what what what. Um, um, what do I have to do for my brain to be in the optimal uh, state to, to do my best work? I think, it's, yeah, I think it's really good. I think there are, I think it's called priming. I think that might be the word that I think athletes do this a lot. You know, they have, when they go to the, you know, if you look at the runners, they go to the blocks, they take the same priming exercise. They're recreating the same movements. They're programming the subconscious to do that run that they did so well. And they just do it over and over and over. And it's like, you know, tennis players, they bounce the ball the exact same number of times. They, 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 they move their pants in this particular way. And it's like, it's like, and then they're ready to serve and they're going through that priming. And that's probably what you're doing. You're like, okay, I'm going to get myself into a nice environment. I'm going to, um, I'm going to get energized or whatever it is that you do to get your, your, your that's what, whatever you enjoy. I, I, I eat chicken burgers. I love chicken burgers. I know it sounds off, off kilter, but it's like, it's something which I enjoy. It's a reward for me, but it gets me fired up and I'm excited about it. And then from that experience, you know, I, I think that's, that's where you, you know, you're probably in your zone and in your flow and you've primed yourself and now you're ready to go. Yeah, we've got, we, we've got good understandings of how our brain and body works. And I think that's key to, to high performance. It's, having, it's being very aware of yourself and what's going – for example, food. I mean, chicken burgers. Chicken burger for me would somewhat be the end of my brain. Like I, 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 chicken schnitzel I love and I, I'll yeah. eat every day but if I could. But, but like I know for myself, if I eat a burger – 
my stomach gets sore and then, uh. and then my brain shuts off. But if I, so I eat the exact same food every single day. I actually don't change what I eat. I eat the same thing every day. My dinner might change, but it's the same ingredients in a different thing. Yeah. And, and it's because I know, like, I don't have to worry about the food. I feel good when I eat that. I'm going to work hard when I eat that. It's just my awareness and awareness can be with anything. And so manufactures serendipity. Ha, yes. Oh, that wasn't the, the serendipitous, ah, whatever, serendipity. Um, um, it, it, how do you do that? It, it, you said yes. Uh, follow opportunities. Say yes. Find new things. Are there any other tips? I think being open to um, and listening, and you know, I think that's unusual. Um, even for myself, I've been, you know, I can catch myself where I'm a little bit impatient and I miss part of things. It's weird. I'm in these conversations and I'm missing them. I, it, the, the blanks happen, and then there are moments where. I slow down, hear what the person's saying, and it it adds energy. It adds in a new way, and you have a new conversation. You know, what about if you imagine right now if you took your top five um, contacts that you last texted and ask them a new question that you've never asked them. Ask them something you've never said before. Start a new conversation. Say something different, not that the ones you've already had, like something brand new. You know, what was your childhood like when you were 10? Um, what was your favorite sport? Do you like sports? You know, what, what's your favorite color? You know, and go on this new journey. And where that goes and what the energy you put out and what comes back, it's you're asking a question where you can't possibly know the answer. And so anything that comes back is going to start a new bit of energy with you. And I think that's that's where you start. You come from that place. And it's, again, you know, going like – be curious. Be curious is a great, a great way to curiosity is great. Uh, creativity, saying yes, something, starting something new. Um, you know, try something. I I do this, but I, I should try new foods sometimes. I'm not. I I'm with you. I, I eat relatively stable, the same thing, but I'll change the place in which I go and do it. And I know what kind of food I'm going to have, but um, I I mess with my coffee a lot as well. I like, I know I have like a stable, but then I like go, I'm just going to go and order. That person just ordered that. I'm just going to order their order and see what happens. Like for, for, you know, just for the sake of, I don't know what that means and what's that experience. And then what that creates. I brush my teeth with my left hand. <laughs> just, just to mess with my, just to go, okay, I'm just going to go and try it out, see what happens. And just, just use, like send that new pattern in to see what happens. And I guess that is broadening your awareness. You know, it is because now I'm aware of how my, how I react to that type of coffee or I really like this or whatever it may be. You're just broadening your, your awareness. And principle nine, I wouldn't mind talking about, which is zig, mind you, if you want to bring up your own principles, like which one's your favorite, do so. But zig while you zag. I mean, you obviously zig when others zag. And do you want to talk about your process towards doing that? Right now is a, a great opportunity for people to do things differently. How do you look at that process? Uh, this is a really interesting and it's it's something which sort of came innately to me. I've always, you know, naturally been a relatively different person, but I'd never really embody it and had as much conviction around my own ideas and backing them harder and investing behind them and having extreme conviction and going for it than, you know, than I normally would. And it took me a long time to get comfortable with that. You know, that's a, that took time, you know, to really get comfortable with yourself and back yourself and have faith in yourself. Like the ultimate question there is, do you trust yourself? Like truly trust yourself. I guess, is it a confidence factor? I guess trust would, trust would come with confidence. Well, if you trust yourself, I think, you know, people will say, you know, do you trust yourself? Ultimately, do you trust yourself? A lot of people go, no, I'd probably need someone else to hold me accountable. You know, and that's interesting, right? That's a fascinating journey. I think now I've gotten to that place where I have faith in myself. Um, and so naturally that zigging and came out really because it was already there, but now I back it harder. Now I'm like, you know, I don't, I, I don't even think that I'm zigging when I'm everywhere else is zagging. It's just, that's normal. Yeah, and I, I love how you described it. It is a fascinating journey. The, the, the journey of self-trust in terms of backing yourself in, in doing a decision that perhaps other people 
would not do or, or are telling you not to do. Other people may even be doing the opposite. That is a fascinating journey. And how you get to the point of being at someone who can do that is, is fascinating. And, and I think that not just uh, can, I mean, some people have that more in their personality to, to, to be, to want to be different and not want to fit in so much. But I also think a lot of people learn to do that and learn that it makes it, that this, you know, they find success in doing it and all of a sudden they get that confidence and then, and they want to do it. And so there's kind of two different journeys, but this is definitely a fascinating state of mind to be in, which is the, I back myself state. So what's, what's this all come back to, right? So I always think about it like markets. I think your whole world, I think, you know, you as an individual, we're in a market and we are a business in and of ourselves, you know, and there's kind of like the major shareholders, which you you tend to be the major one, but there are other people who have your shares as well. that are invested in you, your family, your friends, they've got some of your shares as well. Um, And they're hoping your share price goes up Um, and they're backing you and they're supporting you. And you're, you're obviously doing joint ventures as well. Um, then there's the, the, the board of directors. So there could be the parents, the original founders, they're there as well. Um, you know, and then you have these new businesses that you're spinning off like children and things like that. And you're supporting them you're helping them boot up and start up. You know, there's an incredible, if you zoom out, I, I just think, you know, there could be a world where you can really look at that. Um, the correlation between business and life and, yeah. and you being a stock. Well, I think the most important entrepreneur in the entire world is, um, the, and the number one, number one CEO in the world, and there's, there's absolutely billions of them on the planet, is um, the mum who runs the house. There are fathers that run the house as well. They stay at home. They run the first business. They've got the laundry department. They've got the food department. They've got the um, Morals and ethics department. Moral and ethics. support and, and mental wellness department. They normally manage the treasury. Yes. Um, they also um, ensure there are uh, like people and cultures, super happy, got to be, you know, with, with, with HR. Everyone's got to be, you know, headed in the right direction. Oh, most important people on the planet. I've always said that myself. There's marketing, but they run a great business and they run an unbelievably tough business. And I shout out to them and I always, you know, honor that. And I see it as a business in and of itself. And there's so much just- I think incredible, I have incredible admiration and respect and gratitude for anyone who runs a home business. And I Um, think it is the hardest job in the world. And yet there's so many people doing it who are largely uncelebrated for the, for the, you know, for the, imagine your job is to produce, raise, sorry, not produce, is to raise successful human beings who contribute to society. Yeah. What job could you have more important than raising good quality human beings who are good people and contribute to society and push the world forward. That is the most important job. And and deal with all the problems that come up. Think about all the garbage you did as a kid and as a teenager that your your mum or your parents had to put up with and, and had to still love you and they had to still guide you. And like, it's such a big, gigantuous task. Like, and it doesn't get spoken about that much, especially these days. I, I think that is, that, that's a cool way to look at it. Yeah. And I think, I think, um, so, so, you know, going back, I think when I think about, um, that and, you know, so again, zigging when a lot of people are zagging, I think that when you're in a market, right. So if you're, you have a business, um, I think of it like, you know, there are alpha returns and there are beta returns. So beta returns are, you basically get what the market gives you. You're a part of the market. You're doing the same thing. Like the most disgusting word, I just, word that I, I find very difficult to process is the word industry. I don't want to be part of an industry. What is an industry? Industry is, a, is literally a whole bunch of businesses doing the exact same thing. They're all going to get marginal returns. There's no alpha in that. Whereas if you want alpha, right, you're going to need something unique and compelling and different about you than everyone else. And um, that's why I think part of that is, is, is fundamentally – um, you zig while other people are zagging to get alpha returns, to get, you know, your business to be unique and compelling, to, to have a place. And, and, and ultimately where this leads to is, you know, the other principle about being remarkable. And what I try and do and where I'm at right now is I'm trying to manifest my ultimate creation. I'm in this journey right now. And what does that mean? Um, well, you know, I think I've, you know, I've created some stuff, but I feel like I'm on this point in this journey right now to manifest and create something that no one has ever done before. And I want to add to the knowledge of humanity. And so what are you trying to manifest? How do you see yourself adding to the knowledge of humanity? 
So I, I actually, this is what's really strange. I'm in this process right now. I actually don't know what that is, which is fascinating. And I'm actually very comfortable with that. It's very artistic of you as well. Yeah, I'm very comfortable not knowing. Um, but what I do know is I've asked the universe and I am ready to receive. I'm looking and my eyes are open and I'm listening and I'm manufacturing serendipity and I am here and I'm aware and I'm, 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 um, I'm ready to receive what the universe, I've asked the universe for this. I've spoken about it and I'm doing it publicly right now. I'm talking about it, you know, with very people, people who are close to me. And it's like, you know, I think it's just, I put that energy out there and I'm here to receive and I am prepared and open and um, ready to do that. It's kind of like a painter who's painting an abstract, which they don't know what, it, what the result's going to be yet. I don't. But, it's, it, but it could be something beautiful. And I trust the universe now that I've asked it and I have intention and clarity that it will come. Have you ever read that book, um, Blue Ocean Strategy? I've read part of it. I know the overriding idea. Yeah, because that's kind of like what you're saying in terms of, hey, an industry is doing one thing. You've got, to, you've got to deliver something completely different. And by having something completely different, you're opening a new market of which has no competition and of which you can get a greater reward. That's really the, the message I kind of – I got from, from from that principle. So I'm just opening your book here, which Fred kindly signed for me. Very excited. What would be your next most important? I think to be remarkable one's pretty important. I don't know if we touched on that. I think that that one is it's very important to me. Um, it's challenging, and I always challenge people and ideas and concepts and stretch them to go and be remarkable. Like, firstly, what is remarkable? Remarkable is that you would be willing and able to remark to someone else about this particular idea or concept that you have. <laughs> That's so funny. You never actually think about why a word is make up, made up, but, but so true. Yeah. And I think, you know, so you get sent, you know, and I think what, the way I also think of this is, you know, think about your day over the last week and all the things you did. So, you know, how many, let's say, let's say you got coffee every day. Do you remember any of those coffees? Probably not. Do you remember most of the meals that you ate? Probably not. How you woke up, how you went to bed. All of those things are kind of what I call uh, in the window of normality. They are unremarkable. The things you remember were the things that sat on the 2.5% outside that or that were really bad. So this really bad thing happened, which was outside the normality, or this really good thing happened outside the normality, and they're the only things you actually talk about. You know, when somebody goes to someone, hey, what's new? What's happening? What's going on? You don't go, hey, I had a coffee yesterday, and it was the same coffee I had for the last 11 years, and I ate a, ate a sandwich, and it was awesome, and I walked down the street, and I put my shoes on. No one cares. Um, you don't care. And so what you need your business to be is outside of that 95% of normality. You need to be where someone says, wow, this business is doing X. You know, in the Finder app, you can earn 4% on your money. Wild. Banks pay 1%. That's four times more. That's crazy, right? That's, this is the journey direction. It needs to be. It needs all our ideas, all our campaigns, everything needs to be remarkable. And, 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 you know, I think that's, that's what it means to me. That's, that's what it means. First of all, the brain actually only uh, switches on and consciously realizes things that otherwise weren't there before that are new. For example, when you work, walk into your apartment, your brain doesn't go and analyze everything around it actually just projects the image that it knows. And it takes, it requires very little effort of the, of, of the mind. But if you walked in your apartment and there's a fucking lion, sit, lion sitting on the floor, your brain's really oh, – let's make it less – that's extreme. There's a boxing bag in the middle of the room. It's obviously my apartment we're talking about then. But you walk in and there's a boxing bag in the middle of the room and, and everything else is the same. Your brain actually turns on and, and, and looks at that thing and it's like, okay, this is different. Or it's kind of like when you go to a new city – and you're walking around for the, uh, for the first time and at the end of the day you're exhausted but all you've done is walk around. It's because your brain's taking in all these new images and new p- 
pictures and new concepts. It, it's all new. And so it it's working hard to try to remember them, to, in, to, to, to install them into your mind so that next time you walk through, it's not as big of an impact to yourself. And so, and so, and that's fact, that's scientific fact that the brain works like that. I can't remember what book I read that in, but anyway, it's there. And that's what you're saying. It's like, be something that you, that a brain stops and it's like, whoa, look at that. I, I better turn on to remember this thing. And, and you even do it in, in funny ways. Like, for example, you said about your coffee, like you might order a random coffee. That in its own little way is somewhat remarkable to you because you remember that coffee now. It's a new coffee. You haven't had it before. And you're like, mm, I don't like it. I'm going to remember that. You know, <laughs> like that's remarkable. Or, or even you, you know, the, the way you look, it's remarkable. Right? The way you speak, it's remarkable. It's not normal. P- people, don't, people don't speak with the passion and, the, and with the interest that you do. So the, people remember that. Listeners will remember that. It's remarkable things that find is doing remarkable. So this even remarkable can be huge, but it also can be small as changing your coffee. And if you can get someone's brain to, well, wait a second, stop. That's not what is normal. That's not what's, that's not how normal, that, this cub is not like a normal leadership community. You know, that, it's different. Mm-hmm. I, I, I better remember this. Yeah. You know, and and that's that, that that's that's really cool. And and you can actually do that. You can think about what's not normal, and you can find a way to make something not normal really positive for for that. I mean, whether it be we're talking about business, your clients, or or anyone, people in your life. Can I just riff a little bit and build on your idea a little bit? And I just want to talk about Cub for a second, if I can. And I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it, but I have a, I have a view on what it is. Um, there's a book called The Third Place, and you should read the book. I think you find mm-hmm. it quite fascinating. So. Traditionally, third places are the place in between um, your home and work. And Starbucks did a great job of this, right? So they created the third place. Hey, let's go and hang out at Starbucks. Or the barbershop traditionally in a lot of countries is, is where you go hang out. Or um, the pool hall or the bar. You know, these are places where you can go comfortably, hang out, and it's not your home and it's not your work. In Australia, you have the pub. Sure. I think um, in online and gaming, you have these sort of, also, Discord built their business entirely around this. You go and hang out in this place. It's not. It's not your workplace. It's not your um, um, home. You're not talking with those people. You're talking with a third place. And I think Cubs really nailed that. And I think that's what's beautiful about it. Um, is it's not your home. It's not work. It does have a bit of work to it. But you can go and hang out there and relax and enjoy. And there's a beautiful energy. I think you create a great energy in that. And you feel safe and you feel comfortable. Um, and I think. That to me is remarkable. It is. And what's beautiful also, what's normally special about third places, because I completely agree. I normally actually refer to us as our members' third community because they have their their families, they'll have their friends, and then they're looking for people that relate to them in terms of their position in business. And they'll so they have cup. But but a lot of third places, even like digital third places, like you're saying, gaming. You go into this third place and this is a community of people that have something in common with you. Mm. You know, so if it was Starbucks, these are people that probably live in your area. Mm. If it was uh, the pub, these are people that probably like the same beer as you, same sports as you, they, you grew up in the same city as you, you go for the same teams, whatever it may be. And and so, so third place is the best ones anyway. You're actually part of a community of people that have something in common. Often an interest like gaming or sports or soccer or whatever whatever you may be doing, and Cubs' commonality, Cubs' interest is entrepreneurship and business, and it's become that third place for uh, for Australian entrepreneurs and business owners. Definitely. And that that's exactly what what makes it also um, remarkable in the sense is that it's not the stuffy leadership communities of the mm. past, mm. Um, and it's not um, and it's not the kind of boring or or lameish networking of the, you know, that you think of when you think of networking and things like that. It, it, it's completely new. It's completely different. And th- th- thank you for realizing that. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. But exactly. And how do you see Finder moving forwards and becoming more remarkable? What are you currently working on in your little innovation kitchen there at the innovation department? Yeah, so I have this bunker deep down – um, and I have a crew called the Ventures Crew, and we um, bunker. Yeah, we're in the laboratory, and we're cooking up all sorts of um, ideas. Um, one of them is, is in the Finder app. There's about four and a half thousand people currently on the wait list um, to use Finder Earn, which will earn you four percent on your Australian dollars. 
um, it's 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 just the jumping off point of what services we're going to offer. Um, but that that's going to be done using cryptocurrency. You won't have to worry about anything. It's super simple, clean, fast, and and that's one one area. Um, there's going to be we'll probably do some things in NFTs, um, non fungible tokens. That's going to happen. Where um, you know, as I said, the, some of these things are in the works. Um, they're in the lab, so they're very early stage um, proof of concept ideas, and there are people working on these. And what's interesting and what's fascinating, I'm not that I'm actually not the guy that just sort of comes up with all these things. There are more incredible and creative people than me in them coming up with way better ideas than me. I think I just you am, create the culture is what I see is what I see. I think you're right. I think I'm okay, and I'm very comfortable for them to be different and them to challenge the norm. And I celebrate that. And you know, we we fail at stuff, and that's awesome as well. But this is um, 100%. Um, you know where where I want it to go, and we're gonna we're obviously rolling that out in the US and the UK and around the world into Southeast Asia. We just bought a a, a comparison service in Southeast Asia uh, called GoBear. Um, we are very much on a I'd say a very strong path towards cryptocurrency. Um, our overriding thesis will be that you'll be able to save money and earn money, like invest your money and make money essentially in Finder. And that's 100% in Finder. And I think that's that's where we're going. That's incredible, man. And I actually think just on culture creation, I actually think culture creating culture is quite possibly the most powerful leadership skill someone, someone can have. Um, and that's probably why it works so well for you guys. Uh, Fred, thank you so much for coming on today. It, honestly, what I think is the most important message um, th- that I received today from you was be remarkable. Find a way to be remarkable and think about what the word remarkable means and find a way to benefit others by, by doing that, by being different to what others in your industry are doing. That's great you had that message. Yeah, mad. All right. Um, and to our listeners, if you want to uh, read uh, Fred's book yourself, go to cub.club forward slash podcast and you'll have a link to go live uh, to be able to purchase it at, where can they purchase it? At fredchabessa.com. Um, and uh, Fred, thank you again. Thank you so much, Daniel. To our listeners, hope you enjoyed the show.